Welcome everybody to episode 112 of the Worldwide Tales Pod. Uh, this is your host, Jared, aka Uncle Jesters. I'm here today today with my uh, great friend and, and guest, uh, Mr. Ryan, uh, aka Carlito. Uh, make sure you're following him on Twitter because he will give you unabashed and unapologetic opinions. How you doing today, Ryan? Uh, I, I am not everybody's cup of tea, but that's okay. You, you, you can't change me. <laughs> <laughs> I am, um, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it's, I always try to look at things glass half full. I'm just not a naturally negative person. I, I think life is good. And, uh, you know, I just, that's just the way I am today. Uh, man, I, I am very disappointed that we allowed, the Mendy mistake to ruin the whole game, but it did. Now there is a silver lining, and that is that Liverpool has dropped points in the first two games. Manchester City dropped points today. In, in my opinion, they actually got outplayed by Newcastle. So I, I'm okay, Jared. I'm okay if that's a, if that's an appropriate answer. That is, that is very appropriate. We will accept that today. So, um, <laughs> of course, the final score was. 3 0. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get into some statistics. We had 60% of the ball. Not that it did us any good. The, the, the lead's 40%. Uh, we had 14 shots to their 12. They had six on target, while we only had three on target. Oh, uh, we had more, more corners, uh, more offsides. They had more fouls. We had more cards, I believe. Yeah, three. <laughs> they had no yellow cards. The second. Team straight that did not get a yellow against did not come up with a yellow. I don't know if that's uh, telling Tuchel to be quiet from the from the refs, but uh, whatever it is, it's pretty poor. Of course, we had the three yellow cards. One of them was a uh, a double for Kulabali. They became a red. Uh, we had no big chances or big chances missed. So I guess that's a plus, right? <laughs> <laughs> Can't, you can't miss them if you don't take them, man. <laughs> so we had uh, 484 passes to their 319. Accuracy was 82%, which when you start seeing us down in the 80s, we're ha- we've had a bad game. I'm starting to notice that. Yeah, that's a good, it's, a, it's a good point. It's a valid point because teams like us, I mean, w- we normally reside in the 90s. Uh, we're, you know, we pass the ball very well for a, for a football team, but... Yeah, it just wasn't uh oh my god, I mean it was so sloppy today. And I think part of that was personnel reasons. Yeah, and we'll get into that. So uh we had we completed fifty percent of our dribbles. We lost possession hundred and forty eight times. Oh. We won seventy duels, uh twenty aerials, which is which which is uh, better than leads, but uh they had were they had the the uh, only metric that actually counts, which is the goals. Uh you can say all those statistics, but the one that only counts is how many you put in the back of the net. And they put three, and we put nothing. Ah, uh, you forgot one stat, and that is one pair of very tight pants from Jesse Marsh. One pair of <laughs> very tight pants. Buddy, hey, buddy, you look like a skater boy out there. <laughs> hey, fair play to him because, you know what, you can wear whatever you want to if you uh, if your team smashes uh, what's supposed to be uh, – you know, a team thinking about title challenge. So, yeah, no 
shit. Fair play. Wear tire play. You know, I'm like, I hope you wear spandex next time. <laughs> you, saying, you can't, you can't get saying. much tighter, bro. He was walking around with a wide stance. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, allow it. I'm gonna allow it because you know we can't talk. We got put in the I know, smoke. Man. I'm so pissed that we can't talk shit. Uh, but that you know that's that's this week. You know, next week's a new week, and maybe we will. So, uh, let's start off with uh, the goals. Uh, started in the well. Let's start off with the first thing that really happened is uh, in the ninth minute because it's significant. Uh, K two or Kaladu Koulibaly uh, got beaten by U.S. men's national team uh, squad player Brendan Aronson, pulled his jersey, and uh, picked up the, fir- the first yellow card of the match. Yeah. Yeah, which probably was not necessary uh, since they were, there was coverage behind him, but he didn't know that. So, you know, ninth minute, we're on, we have a yellow already. Um. There were some chances early on. Uh, Sterling had a couple. One, we was offside. Actually, went in the back of the net. Before mm-hmm. that, he had uh, one where he came inside and didn't hit the target. Uh, story of our year so far. <laughs> right. God. Yeah. And so uh, Leeds opens the scoring in the 33rd minute uh, with a from from a howler from Mindy. Uh, something we have seen from him before, right? It ain't the first time, Jared. It was not his first rodeo, unfortunately. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm watching it right now. Oh, my God. He That was so avoidable. Oh. Yeah. He, he's Dude. done this before. He He's cost us uh, several matches by his ball-playing ability or the lack thereof, let's say. Uh Apparently, he thinks he's a midfielder uh, doing Cruyff turns in the back, but he ain't that. Uh, so, um, that that opened scoring 1-0. And, uh, of course, after that, in the 36th minute, uh, Raheem Sterling picks up a yellow. I can't remember what's for, but a significant moment in the game, picks up a yellow. Uh, it was for the tackle that led, ultimately, to the second goal. That was a uh, weird. That let, was a weird play. Yeah, it looked like he fouled him earlier because I thought it was maybe a penalty or maybe it was going to be a dive. I thought it was appara- a dive. Yeah, apparently, again, I, I, I'm i not going to blame refs, but it seemed like they were very hesitant to pull out cards. For, you, know, you can't go through two games and those in the Premier League and the other team not get yellow cards at all, none, in two games. Uh, so I, I have to question that a little bit, but we didn't lose because of refs. We lost because we played poorly. So that uh, set piece set up. Uh, Jack Harrison played a nice ball in. Everybody, you know, said Reese should have done better. I don't. <clears throat> I don't think there's anything you can do about that. It was good offense beats good defense, and it was a good ball in, good run, good flick header beats Mendy two nil. You got any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, you know what? And this is, this is one where uh, it's like, it's almost like a housekeeping item. Uh, we, we need to be very wary about conceding free kicks in the final third because our defense on set pieces lately has gotten worse. 
Um, we're not that tall of a team. We're actually kind of a short team. Um, and that is until we get Fofana in. But we need to be a lot more cautious about how many times we foul in the final third. Because shit like that, those are those are the most dangerous balls. Where a, uh, you know it's coming from the side, and the ball is naturally, you know, in a parabolic fashion coming towards the goal anyway. And all you have to do is get an elbow, get you know, get a nut on it, get a head, get anything on it, and it's going in because the keeper's under way too much stress, um, and his reaction time is not going to be uh, quick enough. So those are actually pretty easy goals to score, and we we need to be a lot more careful about conceding in those spaces because fouls like that, man. I mean, oftentimes it's just tedious, and oftentimes it's just losing focus. And we need to we need to be more preventative in that matter. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, <clears throat> uh, did you think that James could have done better? Uh, not maybe letting him get across him, or do you just think? I, Again, better offense beats better beats defense. I think the guy he was going against was taller than him. Uh, that would be a situation where Fofana, who's six three, is probably going to be marking him. You know, Reese James is my height. You know, I'm five ten, and uh, and so I I've been beaten the air before. Um, and I think it's just a matter of that. Um, it's the it, when we get into the third goal. It's actually the third goal that uh that is is more about irresponsible marking. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, so that that, that goes takes us to halftime. We come out in the second half, and uh, we, we go away from the 3-4-3 three, three and go to a 4. I believe, no, maybe we didn't shift until uh, Christian and Hakeem came on to a 4-triple-2. But uh, 64th minute, Gallagher comes off, Jorginho comes off. Uh, replaced by Christian Pulisic and Hakim Ziyech, respectively. Uh, and then we did go to a back four. Mm-hmm. Um, and five minutes later, in the 69th minute, I believe that Reese James went for a ball he probably should have should have not gone for. It went over his head. Uh, and then we, uh, we uh, are all out of position, and uh, Jack Harrison... Ends up setting up Rodrigo for a tap in, and that is three nil. Yeah, you know whose man that was. Who? It was Mount. Was it Mount? Mount? I didn't. Yeah, it was Mount. I just I just watched it again on the replay. It was Mount. He was ball watching instead of man watching. Okay, well I'm gonna take your 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 uh, tactical analysis on that because <laughs> I all I saw was somebody fly in and miss a header. Or was that the one on for Koulibaly's red card, where um, somebody came up and then I think that was for Koulibaly's red card mm. that uh, somebody came up and, and missed the challenge and of course so there was more substitutions. Ben Chilwell came on from Mount uh, probably a little bit too late, mm-hmm. considering uh, we'll get into that in a minute. And then in the 84th minute, uh, K2 drags down. I guess it's Greenwood. That his name? Yeah. Uh, not, yeah, Sam Greenwood. Not yeah, Sam Greenwood. And uh, second yellow, he 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 gets he sees red, and of course is gone for uh, the Leicester game next week. And we end up. Uh, Aspilicueta comes in for a cameo for Sterling, but that's full time three nil. 
we really didn't see him at, at the races uh, after that first goal went in. Um, it seems to be a quite a pattern. We get down and we can't come back. But in your wildest dreams, did you think that we would be smashed 3-0 by Leeds? Who hadn't beat us, by the way. Thinking, uh, or I think they haven't beat us in 20 years. I think that's the stat, 20 years. Yeah, but if you look at a stat like that, it this has nothing. It has nothing to do with today. I mean, those those types of things, those records, um, they rarely, if ever, actually affect the the game being played currently. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, did I in my wildest years? Yeah, we do it every season. We lose two or three games where we get the brakes beat off us by a significantly inferior team. So no, I mean, yeah, this this happens every season. We always lay a stinker or two. Uh, we've done it against Arsenal. Um, we've done it against West Brom. You know, we've done it against Norwich. Like this, this, this does happen. We definitely have this in our locker. So it, it is not that surprising, but I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll hang our head for too long. This team's pretty good at bouncing back. Okay. Well, with that, that, that's actually the overall, uh, gist of the game, but, yeah. uh, Let's talk. Uh, let's 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 break it down more positionally. Um, let's start with the man between the sticks that was <laughs> at, <clears throat> was at fault for the first goal. And you can say whatever it was, he was a hundred percent at fault for that goal. I don't want to hear anything differently. Uh, your thoughts on Edward Mendy? I think you got to drop him for this. Yeah, you have you have to send a message that when you lose focus like that at this level. Uh, there are consequences. There, there have there have to be consequences for this, even if it's just for one game. You know, bring in Keppa or bring in uh, the other kid. Um, the, he he needs to be dropped for this because it's 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 not the first time he's done this, and it's inexcusable. You have fans, Chelsea fans, who never want to blame the player anymore. They want to blame everybody but the player. Uh, and I don't know, maybe everybody's just evolving into being nicer people and I'm just still stuck here being the asshole, but I, you have to criticize him for this. Oh, I, I read, oh, it's not his fault. Fuck yes, it's his fault. What are you talking about? It is most certainly his fault. It should have never happened and it ruined the game. It ruined the whole game. Now, luckily it's not going to ruin our season. Because, you know, every team is dropping points left and right, including City. So we, you know, we're in not as bad a shape as I thought we would be. Um, but at the same time, uh, he has to be held accountable for this. Because you you cannot let that happen at this level. You just can't. These guys get paid way too much money, dude. They get paid way too much money for this shit. So that's how I feel. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I have a feeling Tuchel will not drop him. Uh, even though I believe he should be. Uh, I would. Well, I, I, I agree 100% he should be dropped. Look, anybody out there that started for us, uh, I will give Tiago Silva a pass. I didn't see him do too much wrong. I think there was a couple of times maybe he got uh, beaten to challenges, but Tiago Silva Tiago Silva. Yeah. Uh, but everybody else, <laughs> I didn't think Cucurea was too bad. He, you know, uh in in uh, in comparison to the other people on the pitch, but uh, yeah, I think uh, questions need to be had uh, on on several players, and maybe 
we need to get away from people not being uh, drop un, people being undroppable because I don't think that should be a thing. It, if it's a merit based system, there is no attacker on that pitch today that that deserves to play another game without other people coming in and at least get, be given a chance. We've had one goal contribution from that positional group all season in three games. One goal contribution and it was assist. It's crazy. So, yeah, let's got I got a little bit on a rant there, but Mindy has cost us with his play uh, several times. It's not the first time; it will not be the last. He is terrible with the ball at his feet. Terrible. Yeah, that's one thing. Kepa is significantly better than him at is just you know foot skills, distribution, trapping, simple things like passing out of the back. Um, yeah, I mean, Kepa, Kepa looks more like an actual footballer than than Mendy. Mendy's shot stopping is outstanding, but as a as a keeper, oh man, does he have some limitations? He does, yeah. and uh, he he cannot look at every anybody but himself for this because the ball that he was given back to him it was manageable, uh, and he felt the need to dick around with it, dude. I don't care if you kick it out of bounds, bro. Better out of bounds than the back of our net. If we have to be that pragmatic, sometimes that's okay. That's okay because it does it doesn't make the game unsalvageable. But with that moment and with with just how demoralizing it was, it did make the game unsalvageable. The the players they dropped their head, and you could just tell they were like, "Oh no!" And it, it, they never emotionally recovered from that. They never did. And uh, yeah, it's a shame. So. Keeping in the defensive thing, uh, we started with a back three of Reese James, uh, Thiago Silva, and uh, Koulibaly. Um, what are your overthought, overall thoughts about that positional group today? Um, I thought Koulibaly had a pretty poor, pretty poor game. Uh, his mental mistakes, again, for a player this season, for a player uh, this well-respected, you know, you, <laughs> He's got to take a look in the mirror and say, man, I really cannot lose my head in those situations. Because he did. He lost his head. No, he had, he had an immature moment. He's 31 years old. He should know better. But, you know, these emotions get the best of these players sometimes. And uh, it, it, it certainly got the best of him. And now he's out. I think he's – is it one match band or three match band? It's a one match band. Okay, because it was, uh, a, soft, it was a, a soft red. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, as for Siaga Silva – Terzo didn't really make any mistakes. Those goals, uh, they didn't have anything to do with him. Um, and then Reese James, uh, he, you know, I love him. I love Reese James, but it, his position is right wing back. You know, his position is right wing back. And this, this just highlights how much we need Wesley Fofana. We have to bite the bullet and just pay the money that they're asking, even though it sucks and it's going to make him the most expensive defender ever. And that price tag and, and that moniker, you know, that, <coughs> excuse me, that, um, that pressure is, is tough is, is, you know, Harry Maguire right now is folding like a cheap suit, you know, under, under that type of pressure, but we, we just have to do it. Got to do it. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, and I think that highlights why you don't want to have a five, nine slash five, 10 center back in, in the premier league. Because, uh, of course, that's what Kunde is. He's about 5'9", 5'10", maybe. <laughs> On a good um, day. Uh, 
and we've seen a, a five seven center back at at United um, get beat without somebody jumping. The uh, memes, the memes are amazing. Yeah, they are. They're great. <laughs> so I think that highlights the the need to have actually tall physical center backs now. To everybody's point, but well, back in the day, you had was it Cannavaro? Yeah. Was short, but that was because the tall people back then were not techy enough, right? They were yeah. just they were fridges. They were like McGuire. Whereas the the tall the tall players nowadays, like like Wesley Fauna, he's very good on the ball. He's very quick. He, so he he's both. He's six three and has ball skills. So that's that's why you want to have a 6-3 player rather than a 5-9 player, 5-10 player, because the second goal doesn't happen if that's Fafana, correct? Oh, no way. So I, I agree that deal needs to be done. Bite the bullet. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe they would want Connor Gallagher. Uh, they are definitely looking to move Tillemans out, and uh, their midfield looks shocking at the moment. <laughs> maybe we can send Colin Gallagher there with you know, and maybe maybe pry him away. But it's because we'll we'll get to the midfield here shortly, but uh they didn't cover cover themselves in glory either today. Um so I don't think there's really more to discuss about the defense. Uh the no. de- by, just by the way, the defense I wanna put this out there for everybody listening. We play a three man defense. So that's the three center backs and Mindy. The, the wing backs in our system are considered midfielders, as the formation actually suggests, 3-4-3. Three, yeah. three. So uh, moving on to the midfield, or as I would like to say, Dunkin' Donuts, because <laughs> our midfield is a donut. Uh, <laughs> uh, give me some thoughts about the midfield. Uh, flaccid. Very flaccid. Um, again, I love Jorginho. He, he he gets a lot of shit from a lot of people that uh, that support Chelsea. I like Jorginho. I think he's an unbelievable tempo passer. Uh, you know, he's he's very very strong uh, rhythm guy. But let's call it what it is, man. He's slow as shit, and he is unathletic as shit. He is just this skinny guy that looks like a barista. He doesn't look like a footballer. And because of that, you know, he, he can get turned around in that midfield and they were running right by him. He couldn't keep up because he's too slow. He's an unathletic, great center mid, but unathletic. And, uh, you know, paired next to him today was someone that I don't think is good enough for this team, Connor Gallagher. I've never thought he was good enough for Chelsea. I don't know why our fan base likes to overrate certain players that come from a certain academy but they do and i think that's annoying but (laughs) i can't change idiot behavior idiot behavior comes from idiots um and connor gallagher did not do himself any favors today and i think after today's performance which was poor i thought he was poor uh, i think he's going to be going on loan because he's his ball retention and his his clean ability on the ball it's it's not clean at all. It's pretty sloppy, in fact. And uh, because he's a little bit of a sloppy player, he finds himself a lot in 50-50 challenges, losing the ball, 
Uh, ball will get stuck under his feet sometimes, uh, and he'll look uncomfortable. And that's simply because he's not at the level that we need a player uh, in our midfield to be at. He's just not there. Yeah, I was one of the ones that thought Connor might be good on the team. I mean, I've, I've seen him play. I saw him play under Lampard in preseason, and I thought he was he was pretty pretty good. But maybe that's just preseason. Maybe he's a Barkley. Uh, I'm happy. <laughs> you know, you know, you don't you can't be a hundred unless I'm you. I can't be a hundred percent correct, right? That's You're right. the only one that gets that moniker. That's so, exactly right. <laughs> uh, I'll take that L. Uh, <laughs> But you know what I you know my saying about Jorginho, right? My little quip. No. Jorginho, you think he's a Ferrari, but he's really a Fiat. Yeah. That's and, a, that's a, I mean, he did win European Player of the Year, let's be clear. Um but I, I know yeah, what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But he he's he he's not what everybody thinks he is. Um for me, I think it's very easy to play uh, to beat Chelsea when he's on the pitch. All you have to do is pressurize him, and uh, if you have somebody who can pressure him and is good at it, I've I've seen uh, Captain Caveman over there for for Aston Villa. Uh, oh, what's his name? Declan Rice. He, no, 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 for Aston Villa. Uh, oh, oh, McGinn. Oh, John John McGinn. John McGinn, I, the most see, worst I, looking man of all time. Yeah, I've seen him shut down Jorginho before. So I I am not uh, the biggest Jorginho fan for all the things he does good offensively, passing-wise, keeping – he's like a metronome. Yeah. It, defensively, once, once you have him actually play as a – do the defensive role from that position, he just – he's not at it. And we've known this from time. Uh, of course, we do need that – Defensive midfielder, and I think that, uh, of course, Frank De Young, I think would be would show us levels at that position, mm-hmm. especially in the double pivot with a back three, where he's free to get to create and and do the things that he's he's good at. I think that he would show us levels at that position. Thoughts on that? Uh, I love Frankie De Jong. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in the world. You know, I mean, my favorite players include Bernardo Silva. Reese James, Mateo Kovacic, uh, Thiago, and then most certainly Frankie DeJong is up there as well. Uh, I think he's wonderful. I think he's going to be very, very expensive. And I think we should do it because there's a reason why we haven't given Jorginho a contract extension. And I think it's because Tuchel still thinks he can land Frankie DeJong. If we get him, our team instantly becomes better. And we need it because he's, I think he's 25 years old. His best football is still ahead of him. And it's it's just it's a glaring need, especially when our midfield is so injury prone and it's aging. So Oh definitely so. And that's why I wanted two no. and many over the summer, but uh, you know, we don't yeah. ever get get everything we want, right? Oh, isn't that the case? You know, this this fan base, Jared, it's very greedy, in case you haven't noticed. It's very greedy. It just wants the world Chico and everything in it, but the problem is that the world is super expensive, and we we're, no team is ever going to get every player that they want. Correct. Yeah, you're you're right about that. Um, so that that comes with our central midfield. Although I think Mount, it's hard to tell what what position Mount was playing to get did, today. I thought it was a 
352 when we started out, but it looked more like a a 3412 or a 343 with Mount dropping into the midfield. Uh, so we'll wait and and talk about the attack here in a second. Uh, your thoughts on Reese and Cucurella since they were, excuse me, Reese was in the excuse me, Ruben and Cucurella at wingback. Ruben had a really bad game. Uh, oh man, I mean, he was just all over the place and not in a good way. You know, he was taking big touches. He was losing the ball, uh, at wingback and in the midfield when he went to center mid, he was also losing the ball. That's one of the problems with Ruben is that he dribbles a lot. And when you dribble that much, no matter how good you are at it, you will get caught out and you will lose the ball at inopportune times. It happens to him a lot. It happened to him a lot today. And, uh, yeah, he did not play well, and he didn't do himself any favors, which is a shame because I think there's a really good player in there. But he's he's dramatically inconsistent. Um, as for Cucurella, uh, I didn't think he played well either. Uh, I, you know, there are certain things that Ben Chilwell does that, are, that he's better than Cucurella. I think one of them is that I think Ben is better in tight spaces. And uh, I think Ben's a little older and uh, a little more seasoned and he's been in bigger games. Doesn't get as overwhelmed. Cucurella, a great player. Great. He's a great player. He's a great addition. But he's not perfect. And uh, today showed some of his faults because I don't think he defended very well today. Oh, I, I agree with you. I, I think he he was his worst, the worst game we've seen him play in the Chelsea yeah. shirt so far. And, and, you know, that's fine. Uh, it's not like anybody else around him covered themselves in glory. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's like a, you know, there's, there's not a lot of good we can say. So that takes care of the donut shop. But let's take, let, let's it. talk if, about. If, if you're going to have a bad game, make it on a day where everybody has a bad game. Right. <laughs> so we go from donut shop to, um, a condemned building. <laughs> a big old I mean, nothing burger. Uh, uh, you know, don't come in here because the thing might fall down on your head. Uh, yeah, the Chelsea attack. We've gone uh, three games now. One goal contribution. And it's been the same front three every game. And that is uh, Mount, Havertz, and Sterling. And whatever position you want to put them in, it's been those three. And I would think after one goal contribution in three games, you might want to look at integrating some other players into that. Uh, so I'll, I'll let you go with your thoughts on on the attack. So this is a uh, this is a tweet, and uh, this is a good guy, David Branch. I like David Branch, but um, it, he he represents a particular group of people um, that really like Mason Mount, and that's fine. That's fine. Personally, I'm I'm indifferent of Mount. I don't think he's that good of a player. I think he's just an average player. I think he's a bench guy, and uh, I mean, there's certain teams, lower teams, where he can look better than he really is. This is what is tweeted. Mason Mount was brilliant last week, which, by the way, no, he wasn't. Um, picking up space between the lines in the central position, Tottenham couldn't cope with him. Fast forward a week, and he's hung out to dry once again in a position where even though he will give it his all, you know he hates. Pathetic. What position? 
What position was he playing? I I have no idea what position he was playing. Was he playing forward? Was he playing attacking mid? Was he playing wing? Was he playing striker? I don't know. But what I do know is that he was ineffective. He didn't do shit. And every time that he did try to do something, he'd lose the ball. Uh, it would, he would break down a, a counter. And he was just... It's so obvious that he should not be starting. And yet every week, it seems like he starts. And I don't get it. I don't get this fan base's obsession with him. I think part of the reason is that a lot of these guys that are active on social media and are very public about their private lives, player or fans, especially younger fans, naturally gravitate to these people because they see them so often. They are top of mind when it comes to, oh, Chelsea football. Oh, Mason Mount, he's on Instagram. You know, And it's like they like the persona more than the player. And because they like the persona so much, it gives the player a pass. And it, that just is never going to jive with me. And um, I'm never, <laughs> I'm never going to let a player have a pass when he's just consistently not performing. So for me, Mount needs to be dropped. I think, you know, we need to bring Pulisic in. Or if we sign another player, play that guy. But Mount, no, he's not good enough. He is not good enough. Yeah, of course, that's sacrilege to some Chelsea fans. Uh, Whatever. I, I, <laughs> I just pointed out. Um, I know, no, I know, but that is that is that's how I feel. I don't give a shit what they have to say about Mount because it, it, they're they're never they're never more Superman caping up for him than when he's had a bad game. Yeah, well, according to some, he never has bad games. So. We we will uh, <laughs> we will not go into that because it's not worth having a conversation about those type of people. It's not. <laughs> uh, but I I've been again I've been on this train for a long time. You cannot play Mount and Havertz in the forward position together. They're the same player. They want to do the same thing, and everything Mount does in in those positions, Havertz is better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. For me, if you bring in Aubameyang, it's got to be Sterling, Aubameyang, Havertz, uh, and I think you'll you'll see you'll get the best out of Havertz because he can float into that inside space that Aubameyang when Aubameyang puts pushes up and stretches the you know the back line. He'll have space there in the middle he can float into, and that will free up Reese to bomb forward. Which let's let's be straight about this. He's probably our best attacking player at this point. Reese, he's probably our best player. I mean, I, yeah. I, I love him. He's great. Yeah, I, uh, me too. So uh, I, I think that that, for me, I would, again, that would be my attacking front, front three. Uh, you cannot have Mountain Havertz there. There's just, they, they cancel each other out. Yeah. They, they just, it's not good enough. Um, you can play Mount in the midfield with ha- with Havers playing an attack, if you're playing a back four and he's playing as an eight, I'm fine with that because you're not this different positional group and Mount can do all the things that he gets credit for and not score and be okay because he's playing as an eight, right? But we have three attacking positions on the field. You know, formation-wide is a three-four-three or a three-four-one-two. Those are still three attacking players. And you cannot have two of them that are similar and do the same things 
and 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 asked Sterling to pick up the slack for all of them. Uh, not that he covered himself in glory today. Hmm. Um, he was he was okay. He was he was probably still our best attacking player. Yeah, because I didn't see much from Kai or from from Mason. I thought that of course Kai is if you're asking him to play that position off the ball and make runs. When he makes runs and you've got to get him, you've got to get him the ball sometime. Who's going to pass him the ball? Who was there to pass him the ball today? Hmm. Uh, didn't see anybody. So for me, uh, Kai's got to be used as a second striker. And you can do that in this formation. when If you bring a Bamiang in or an Ivan Tony or whoever they figure out, you know, the person they're going to bring in. Um, and I think you'll see Kai, because um, for me, Kai's a much, much more talented footballer than Mason Mount. Yeah, he is. Uh, I think his skill set, there's some, there's things that he can do that Mount can't just because of the athleticism. Uh, he's faster than Mason Mount. He's taller. He's stronger. Uh, and that, 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 that uh, gives you a different uh, dynamic uh, then a number eight trying to play as an attacker. So um, I, you know, Sterling, uh, you know, you put the ball in the back of the net, you got to be onside. You know, we've done this with Timo Werner. It doesn't matter if you put the ball in the back of the net and you're offside, it doesn't count. So <laughs> I'm frustrated too, man. <laughs> I, I think he's frustrated too because you come from playing that fluid fluid city attack to playing with this lot. And you're going, well, maybe I just should have stayed on the bench at City. Oh, I hope that's not the case. <laughs> um, well, you know, we we are we are the people who ruin attackers, right? We we ruin, you know, even Murata's playing very very good at Atletico right I now. Saw I think that. He, had, <laughs> he had a brace or something last week, and he's like, really, every ao. Uh, I, I don't want to put the same thing with Lukaku. I just think Lukaku did himself a disservice. Oh, I just don't think he's a very good player. <laughs> right. And I, and uh, so that, that pretty much sums up the players and how they played the game. It's, there's nobody that stands out as, except for Thiago Silva. If you had to name a man of the match, Thiago Silva? Jesse Marsh? <laughs> well, I mean, for our team. Oh, none of them. None of them. They're not. Yeah. They're not. They don't deserve it today. No. Uh, I, uh, I. I think. I think he'd be the best player on the pitch for me. Yeah. Um. And he's he's got to be wondering at thirty eight. Uh, I'm. <laughs> what am I doing? You know. At some point, you're gonna be saying, uh, "Do I really want to do this for another whole year?" You know. But but for me, ideally, you bring in Frank De Jong, Wesley Fafana, and after the World Cup, you. You go to a back four and you play Koulibaly and Fafana with De Young as the holding mid in a 4-1-4-1 or a 4-2-2-2 and, and bring Thiago in in the big games or when you want to play a back three to, to uh, against you know, your cities, your Liverpools, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, it is Thiago's last year, but it's been a great pleasure, you know, watching him operate because he's, he's an awesome player. Um, but... Yeah, you know, we will definitely have to replace him, um, which will just be super expensive. And uh, that's just the way the world is right now. 
Um, yeah, but yeah, he, he was he was our finest performer today in a sea of underperformers. Right, and uh, since you you are you had the tactical knowledge that that uh, some of our fan base does not have, <laughs> uh, I want you to put to rest this idea that the formation means we're not creative or attacking enough, please. Ah, just, uh, the proof is in the math. Uh, we create the most opportunities of any team in the league, and we have the most shots on target of any team in the league. Um, the formation itself is its an attacking formation. Um, you're, you're playing with multiple flank players on each side. The wingback and the outside forward are both flank players. If you're playing like a 4-4-2, you only have one flank player. So with this, you know, you, you are doubling up on each side, you know, to, to sort of, you know, flood the area with, with attackers. So this is an inherently attacking formation. And, uh, you know, again, the numbers say we create the most opportunities. Um, people want to say it's City just because City wins the most games currently, but they don't create more than we do. I watched, I watched City today. Uh, they largely ignore Erling Holland, by the way. He, like, I, I remember, I think it was last weekend, he received the ball eight times total in the game. So the city's not perfect, and, but neither are we. But the, the misnomer that the formation is contributing to a lack of output with us is just not true. We're not finishing the opportunities, but we are creating the opportunities. We're just not finishing. And I think maybe part of that is we don't have a clear-cut striker. Other part of it is... Uh, the players we do have up top, they're not natural finishers. Um, could be a combination of the three. It's not the formation. It's not the formation. And and what about the percentage of the fan base that says it's Tuchel? Tuchel ruins attackers. Can you speak uh, on that for me? That's a percentage of the fan base that I don't listen to. Yeah, I... Uh, I it's, it's, just not, it's just not true. I mean, uh, when Tuchel was at Dortmund, they were... Banging goals. This was that his performance at Dortmund is what got Aubameyang the big league move to Arsenal. Like th th his teams were outstanding attacking wise in Germany and in PSG. So no, I mean, no, it's just it's it's not the coach. It's it's the fucking players. Okay, the players are underperforming. They're not finishing. Okay, Tuchel can't. Tuchel's not playing striker out there. He's just the manager, and he can only do so much. But the shape that we have, the formation that we have, the style of play that we have, where we overload with, with wingbacks and flank players, all of that is good football. Okay, we're just not finishing. So, no, it's not the coach. It's, it's the players and their lack of productivity. Yeah, I, I agree on that wholeheartedly. Uh, and if you, if, if you want to even delve a little deeper into that, uh, look at Tuchel's last year or Tuchel's uh, one full year at PSG, where he won the title, got to the Champions League final with uh, Mbappe and Neymar. And look at Pochettino. Oh, with Mbappe. And, and look at the drop-off with not only Mbappe and Neymar, but my goat, I know it's not everybody's goat, but uh, Messi was, was non-existent. And this is the guy everybody says is a great tactician, he plays great champagne football, and they all had down years historically yeah. in their careers. So the idea that Tuchel doesn't 
kills attacking players. That's just a lazy excuse for whatever agenda player you have on the field that's not performing at the time. Am I correct in that? I think that when you hear things like Tuchel out, it's a it's a pretty blatant misunderstanding of where goals come from. Um, and it's it's not the manager. He's putting us into opportunities to be successful. He's he's setting us up for success. We are not executing. We didn't execute today. We didn't execute in the first two games. Okay, a lot of these opportunities we're creating, they're easy goals. We're just not scoring, or we're off sides, or we upset the referee so he takes something away from us. I mean, you know, take your pick, but again, not the manager. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, Tuchel was probably our best manager since, you know, what, Mourinho? Yeah, absolutely. 100% he is. Uh, yeah, and you don't find a Tommy Tuchel's uh, growing on trees out there, folks. They, you're not because they don't find, exist. Right. You're not going to find a better tactical manager, a better player manager than Tommy Tuchel. Uh, so <clears throat> it's you just you just have to understand that he's going to be our manager and he should be our manager considering what he's done with the dross in this squad and all the finals he's gotten to one winning the champions league keeping us competitive it's you're not going to find a better manager so, i yeah, I mean, even in the real madrid game where they took the marcos alonso goal away technically if we're going by letter of law we did win that series and we should have been able to go through. We probably would have won Champions League again, you know. So, uh, and if, for the for the fans listening to this that don't like Tuchel, tough shit because he's signing a contract extension. He's going to be here a while. So, you can either sit on it or you know, just keep your mouth shut. But you're not going to change that because he he's going to be here for a while. So you might as well just get over it. Yeah, and he should be. He he deserves uh, seeing seeing these players on the pitch and and everybody wanting so many players brought in. You're actually, if you want a lot of players brought in, you're actually saying these players aren't good enough. It's not on the manager. It's on the players, and the players have to take. The players are the ones who make the runs. The players are the ones who show intensity. The players are the ones that have. Sh- have shots on goal those that's on the player that cannot be ever laid at the feet of the manager if you want to say the only the only thing i criticism i can i can give uh tuchel on this is it's time to mix up the attack yeah and change it up next week some people need to be holding the bench mason out suspect number one yeah and you know what fair play if you want to bring broja in for havertz I'm good with that as well. Um, I, see what the, at this point, dude, I mean, <laughs> at this point, after losing 3-0 to Leeds, all the cards are on the table, okay? All options are on the table. And so, you know, if that means changing all three players, then do it. Because if, if, for, if for nothing else than just to punish them for not taking their job seriously, then I think we should do it. Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. You cannot. We cannot go through another game. We need. We have to win this next game. Oh and, yeah. Uh, it, it, there's there's not any de- 
you know, you could say it's early in the season. We can come. No, we have to beat Leicester. Leicester, they, they, you know, they, they look like they don't want to play for the manager anymore. That's yep. my opinion. I could be wrong, but Brendo, I, think, I, I think he's lost that dressing room. I think they're tired of hearing from him. Uh, you've got two players that don't want to be there in Fafana and Tielemans. Um, and there's a lot of internal strife over at that yeah. club too. the financial issues and whenever a club has financial issues, it naturally affects the team. Oh yeah, definitely. So, you know, you know, money problems breaks up so many relationships, any type of relationship in life. So it is, it's the same with, uh, it's the same with footballers. Yeah. It just is a hundred percent. Um, so I'm going to kind of look forward because the, the window is still, uh, still open. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess our most direct links to, to an attacking player or the two we're most directly linked with is Anthony Gordon mm-hmm. and pure immigrant Aubameyang. Uh, your thoughts on both of those players? I like them both, man. Aubameyang's a legend. He's been around a while, probably too long, uh, getting a little long in the tooth, but he can still play. I watched... I actually I watched every single Barcelona game this spring. So in 2022, because I was I was watching for Dembele, I thought he was going to come. Uh, but I watched every single one of their games, and Aubameyang can still bang, man. He can still bang. He is still a good player. Uh, he will help us. I'm not too thrilled about the three year contract that we're offering him. I would have liked it to be a year, but uh, you know that's probably the only way that he would leave Spain. You know, even though he's kind of being forced to. Is uh, as if he was going to get reassurances of, of, of a three-year deal. Um, but I, I do like him, and uh, he knows the league well. He's been pretty successful in the league. He, he always gets, you know, 20 goals a season. So quite a good player, and uh, it'll be it, – it'll help us. As for Anthony Gordon, uh, he's still a project, but he's one of the fastest players in the league. He is one of the best pressers, if not the best presser, in the league and just, just because of his relentless stamina and uh, his his self-determination and his motor and how fast he is. I mean, he, he is an unbelievable pursuer of the ball, you know, when we, when we don't have it. And uh, so that, that would really help us. And on top of that, I mean, he can actually beat players. You know, the problem with Timo Werner, whom I liked uh, was that he was very fast, but he didn't have any moves. You know, he, he wasn't skilled enough to actually beat players. Anthony Gordon has got a lot of skill. He's just, you know, he's young. And so people think because you're young, you're not ready. Uh, but <laughs> you can only find out if you're ready if you actually just take the leap. And uh, I think I think he's ready. I, I, I like him a lot. Um, so I guess if he does come in, we're going to nickname him uh, Shake and Bake. <laughs> Shake and Bake. <laughs> if you know, you know, okay? like to... Think of my baby Jesus in a tuxedo T-shirt. Says, uh, you know, I'm serious, but uh, but I'm here to party. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Classic. Classic Rudy Bobby. Oh. Uh, so, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in the midfield, really, it's down to Frankie De Young. I haven't, you know, there yeah. was early links with uh, Sergey from Latio, but I think those were more uh, agent talk than anything else. If we bring in Frankie De Jong, give them a little bit of preview on what Frankie De Jong is. Frankie De Jong, um, 
is a couple different things. Uh, number one, he used to be a center back. So he's actually quite a good defender on that side of the ball. He's, he's actually quite adept, uh, more so than people think, because when they look at him, they think of him as like a pretty boy, but no, no, man, no, he, he, he initially came into the game as a center back, him and DeLitt, uh, for large portions of, uh, that one magical season actually played center back together. Um, so he's, he's, he's quite good, uh, that his natural position is uh, holding midfielder, um, at Barcelona, the holding midfielder has for the last 10 years been Sergio Busquets. So dijon has been playing a little bit out of position, um, which is fine, but it's not, you're not going to see the best of him if he's not in his natural state. And uh, at Chelsea, he will be able to, I mean, wh- whatever you want to call it, a six, a pivot, you know, all that other jargon, he's going to be the guy receiving the ball from the, from the uh, center backs. And uh, he's going to be the one facilitating attacks he he carries the ball very well, similar to Mateo Kovacic actually. That there, there's a there's a there's a nice symmetry in their two games, where they're both very good under pressure. Uh, they keep the ball very tight, and they're both very good dribblers. You know, and, and you know, there's only a couple center mids in the world that are really great at dribbling. You know, I think that Luka Modric is a great dribbler. Mateo Kovacic is a great dribbler, and you could add Frankie Dijon to that list. He is a great dribbler. And it's an underutilized skill set in center mids because everybody thinks uh, center mids should not be on the ball that that long. they got to get rid of it and keep the ball moving. But but if you actually have that skill set, uh, it makes it, it separates you, you know, from the from the rest of the pack. So would you play Frankie with Kovacic or would you play Frankie with Jorginho? Uh, with Kovacic. So, so Frankie would be a Jorginho replacement, or I think that's play the, in I, that position. I think that's the plan. Yeah. Okay. So I that that is firing shots at some people out there. Think no, Frankie De Jong is not a not a not that type of player. Yes, he is exactly what he is. Uh, he is. then, Jared, it's because they haven't watched him play. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's as simple as that. If someone is talking out of school and saying something that isn't real it's probably because they don't know what they're talking about so you know if you haven't watched frankie DeJong play i don't know why you would want to put yourself out there and have an opinion on him if you've never watched him play yeah i yeah i think that he is fantastic i've watched him play it's awesome uh and he is just he's everything that everybody talked to me about Jorginho is but he can play. He can. He can. He can put the ball on a dime. He he can build up play. He can beat the press. He's athletic. He's he fast. Athletic. He's he's defensive. He's everything that that we think that Jorginho is, but he can actually do all those things. Yeah. And that's and not it, a slight. Some people are just more gifted than others. Yeah, Jorginho's slow, man. There's nothing he can do about it. <laughs> it's just part of who he is. Um, yeah. But the. The reason why this is so interesting is because I'm you and I had talked about this earlier today. We didn't think this player was ever going to become available because why would he be available unless it was some really extenuating circumstance and a, a, a breakdown in the relationship between the player and club? But it is, and the club is uh, almost borderline malpractice in the way that they're handling his contract situation. So, yeah. It's just one of these situations that comes across once in a blue moon where the player is actually available, you know, and uh, I, we will never get this opportunity again. So we need to make sure that we capitalize on it. 
And then, of course, in defense, we've talked about him already, but uh, Wesley Fafana from Leicester. Yep. Quick thoughts on him. He's awesome. People are going to be surprised. Uh, you know, I'm sure everybody's casually seen him play before, especially when we play against them. Wesley Fafana is a great player. He's just super expensive, and that's the turnoff. But Wesley Fafana is very skilled. He's very big. He's very modern. He's very fast. Okay, He, he is a comprehensive player. He's got all of the attributes. He's, he's a great passer. Um, he, he's he, Again, he is a modern, progressive footballer. And uh, we... <laughs> he. he I don't know if any player is worth this money, but we're going to be very happy that we bought him. Right. And so the flip side to that, that means that most likely uh, your favorite defender, Trevor Chalaba, will be going out <laughs> on loan. Chalaba? Uh, yeah. Why don't you uh, please uh, educate some of the people on Trevor Chalaba, please? He, he doesn't want the ball. He's afraid of the ball. Um, he's made so many high-profile mistakes in the little time he's been at Chelsea that uh, he is gun shy of receiving the ball. And when he does get the ball, this, this is a coaching thing. And I mean, I, dude, I coached for 12 years. I'm 33 years old, but even while I was still playing, while I was still in college, I was coaching uh, youth and high school players. And you can always tell, you could always tell when a player does not want the ball because they're hesitant, they're meek, they're sheepish. They're not vocal. They're not asking for the ball. Like, you know, Jorginho asks for the ball every single time he's open, even when he's not open. Chalaba is not like that. He's not comfortable on the ball. He's not comfortable with the way we play because the way we play is, is a risky style. You know, we're, we're always playing it back to the keeper and trying to pass out of the back. And you have to be really comfortable on the ball in order to play that type of, uh, that type of game. And he is just extremely uncomfortable. Uh, his passing is not up to snuff. People said he was a center mid. There is no way he was any good at it. Uh, and, yeah, he takes heavy touches. And the other thing is that he runs out of position too often. So it's just that, I mean, you, all of those things coming together, you don't want those attributes as a defender, especially on a team that has grand aspirations. Yeah, and I totally agree. Uh, of course, he's got the column tag, so... You know how that fan ba- that 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 section of the fan base is, but uh, it is what it is. So uh, odds on us bringing in Aubameyang, Gordon, Fafana, and De Young before the deadline. Uh, very high because we have to. I th- I think we'll get three of the four players, and now one of them is going to be Fafana. Okay, which was the one you think we won't get? Uh, Gordon. Gordon. Okay, I think well, I think well I think we'll get unnecessarily priced out of a move just because Everton needs him so much more than we do. Um, but you know, then again, Chelsea surprised me before. You know, they spent a hundred million on Lukaku when I never thought he was going to come. So, well, there's a hundred million down the tubes. You know, must, might as well just flush that down the toilet. What? <laughs> Too hey. soon, man. Too soon. My backside yeah. still sore from that whooping. Oh, yeah, we, we took it. We did take a nail on that. But uh, yeah, I think that covers just about everything. Uh, any final thoughts from you? Uh, I liked coming on. I liked doing the stream this morning. The three Yanks and a Brit is great. And uh, the, it's, a, it's a good panel. I like Josh. Uh, he's, he is, he's a smart, savvy guy. Uh, as for this worldwide, Chelsea, you know, uh, I'll come on whenever you want me to. 
you know, I, I'll, I'm obsessed with the sound of my own voice. So, of course, naturally, I like podcasting. Um, but no, nah, this was fun, Jared, and I really appreciate the invite, buddy. Ryan, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Matt, Matt didn't get to see the game. He couldn't do the podcast. He yeah. will be back next week for all of you that say, oh, we don't have that Jester guy on again. Matt will be back. <laughs> Matt no worries. So, uh, well, what was he, was he? Is he doing the vroom vroom? F1? What's going on I, here? I, I, you know what? I don't cry when people tell me they can't do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's yeah. just like, okay, bro, you couldn't do something? That's cool. I got your back. So yeah. I like Matt. I uh, love so, him. He's great. So, uh, again, Ryan, thank you for having time, making time for us and coming on. And uh, I appreciate uh, your tactical analysis because you are very knowledgeable in the game. And if people don't know, I'm not going to sit here and tell them all your qualifications because that's a, that's a you story, not a me story. So this yeah. guy, I can tell you, knows what he's, what he's talking about when he speaks. You should take it as somebody who has experience in the game. And uh, so I even bow to his knowledge sometimes. <laughs> so take it for what you will. Thank you for coming on, my friend. Thank you, sir, and uh, you enjoy your Sunday and be well, okay? We'll, we'll be back at it next weekend and uh, hopefully not get beat 3-0. Yes, sir, and this, this will wrap it up for this episode, episode 112 of the Chelsea Podcast. Worldwide Chelsea uh, Podcast, uh, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to leave a like, comment. Uh, it gets the podcast out there more. Uh, and hopefully next week we can uh, bring you a, a more cheerful and, and, and glorious uh, stream. But uh, as of right now, this is Jared. There's Ryan. We're out.